started working and saying stuff to me, and I, I wasn't really sure if I really wanted to hear what he was saying to me. And so this morning, I want you to understand that what I'm sharing with you is what the Lord was sharing with me to me, but I'm also sharing it to you because I think it's applicable to all of us. And what I first wrote or started reading that, you know, I've heard several people have, have preached on 1 Corinthians 13, it's all about love. And so I'm like, sweet, it's going to be like dancing, you know, frolicking in a field of wildflowers, holding my wife's hand, and because it's all about love, and that's just the way love is. Isn't it great, wonderful, blessed thing? I just love love. And, um, and I'm just like, the Lord started sharing something with me, and I'm just like, oh, that's not really what I wanted to hear this morning, or this afternoon, as actually in the afternoon. And um, so the Lord just started working in my heart, and I'm like, God, I don't really want to say this, because I really don't want it to be about, like, why are you working on me? Like, that's not what it's about, you know? But at the same time, the Lord was like, no. I've got to work on your heart and in your life first because that's where it starts. And so I'm just going to just share with what the Lord's sharing with me on this chapter. And so let me read 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have a gift of prophecy and cannot fathom all mystery and can fathom all the mysteries and knowledge. And if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. I will give all possessions to the poor, give over my body to hardship that, that I may boast, but, not, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. I like actually another version, this is the NIV, the, another version, which the ESV said is, it is not rude. And that'll come later. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophesy in part. But when the completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put my, my ways of childhood behind me. For now, we see only a reflection as a mirror that we see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall now fully see, full, know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And I read that, and I'm like, the first three, four, excuse me, three verses made me question, am I loving my wife the way that God designed me to love my wife? Am I loving my kids the way that God designed me to love my kids? Am I loving my church 
family, the way that God designed me to love my church family? Am I loving people right? And I didn't really want to hear those questions as I read because those are really hard questions to answer if I'm really honest with myself. Because how many times for me, when I look at my marriage and I'm like, but Linda, remember you did this? But if I read what true love, it keeps no record of wrong. And when I get frustrated and angry at my kids because they're just being kids because they don't know any different, am I really loving them? And I failed. I have failed as a pastor. I have failed as a, as, a, as a dad. I have failed as a husband. But the thing is, is that I've realized that there's so much more to this. And how can I love my wife, my kids, my church family, my family, every day, all day? So to be honest with you, when I look at that answer, I don't want to hear it. Because love is far greater than just dancing in a field with flowers with my wife. You know, when some of you are married and some of you aren't, but for those who are married and you first grabbed a hold of your wife or husband's hand, there was all these butterflies that went crazy, and you're like, oh, this is exciting, and this is so much fun, and then years pass by. Do you still get that same feeling? Because there's things that happen in life that causes sometimes to lose that. But God wants us to have that every day, all day. Because I believe he feels that way about us. A few months, actually it's a few years ago, um, I think it was two years ago, I got the privilege to go with Dan and Matt to a corn concert. And um, you can think what you think about that, but I know what God did in my heart and my life. There was something that happened, that switch, that changed in my heart. When I stood in the back and we got to, to, got to minister with, um, with them at the end, and um, I stood in the back of the concert. I know I should share this a few years ago. And um, I just said, Lord, what's going on? And the Lord started breaking my heart for the love that he had for those people. They didn't know God's love for them, but I saw God's love for them. I saw God weeping for them. I saw God standing at the door knocking just for them. I saw the Lord crying out each one of their names, saying, come to me, whoever. And my heart broke for them. My cry ever since that concert has been this, 
Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Show me, God, how to love people the way that you love people. Because I want to love people like you do. I want to know you more, God, and I want to make sure that I, I can show them who you are through me. Because if, if I'm the only one they see that is a Christian, I want them to see you. I don't want them to see my fleshly desires, who I am. I want them to see you. So that means empty me, God, of anything that's me and fill me with everything that's you. In Matthew 22, 37 through 40, it says this. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. That means everything hangs on those two commandments. Love God with all of your heart. God, I want my heart to reflect you. God, I want my heart to be who you want me to be i got to love you more than anything else. Because if I love you more than anything else, then I can love myself and I can love my neighbors as much as you love them. Because everything else hangs on those two things. Loving God and loving others. It says in Romans 13.10, Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. You know, this has been me. I'm a truth speaker person. My mom is pretty straightforward, so she'll probably listen to this because I tell her that it was on here, and she'll be like, oh, I want to listen to it. And then she'll be like, oh, you embarrassed me. So I'm prefacing it before it gets on there. But... Um, my mom's always like, Bo, blah, whatever it may be. And so I got used to just being straightforward and blunt. And you can ask my wife, that's where I used to be. I didn't really care. I don't know, I tell, I don't know if I've told you the story, so I'm going to tell you this story if I didn't. I'm not a sentimental person at all, just so you know. So I'm not sentimental, unless it comes to um, my grandpa's stuff for hunting, and then I can be very sentimental. But other than that, I'm not sentimental. Um, it just doesn't, whatever, it's just whatever it is. I don't really care. Um, so the story goes, my, my wife, uh, the first probably two months we were dating, three months we were dating. If you already heard this story, you can plug your ears, it's okay. If not, just listen to it and whatever. So sweet, thanks, Hannah. I'm glad you heard it. So my wife got me this mug, and she spent probably a couple hours doing it. It was one of those mugs you can put, like, pictures on it, you know, and then you put the plastic thing over it and then screw it in, and it's supposed to be watertight and look all pretty and everything like that. And so she did. She gave me that mug, and I opened it up, and I looked at it, and I'm not kidding, the first thing that I said is, what the heck did you get me this for? <laughs> Word, don't ever do that to your wife or your boyfriend, girl. Not the best thing to say. She still stayed with me, though, and she's still with me. <laughs> but I'm just not sentimental. Like, I'm like, what? That doesn't, it doesn't mean nothing to me. So I share that. I don't even know why I shared that. 
Um, <laughs> oh, about speaking truth, that's right. So I, it just didn't bother me. I'm like, what, why'd you get this for me? I don't get it. I don't understand it. There's no point in this. Why'd you waste the money, you know? And I didn't realize her heart behind it. And um, when we first got married, I, I also used to say, she'd be like, how's my cook? I'm like, not bad. But not bad to me was good. It's not bad. It's good. It's, it's not horrible. It's, it's good, you know. And I had to learn that I couldn't say it's not bad. It was, it was great. It was wonderful. It was the best thing since sliced bread, um, you know. And, and I'm glad she's, she's not here this morning so I could say all these things. And if she did, she'd probably just laugh and be like, that's just my husband. Um, but I had to learn that I just couldn't be straight, honest. I mean, I could be honest with her, but I couldn't be so blunt, straightforward because love. Because if I really, truly love my wife, the Bible says love is not rude. And the Lord started working in me in this area. And, um, man, I've heard so many people through my life, well, I'm just a truth speaker. I say that all the time, said that all the time. And the Lord started working on me and saying, a truth speaker, truth without love is a gong. Truth without love is a clanging symbol. You can have all the right intentions, but you're still speaking truth, but you don't have the love. And the Lord is starting to work that in my heart more and more and more. And that's my heart's cry, Lord. I want to I love you. I want to love people the way that you love people. Because I want to see the way, I want to see them the way that you see them. I don't want to see their flaws. I don't want to see their failures. Because let me, let me tell you, I got plenty of them. Are you willing to walk through the crap with people? That's what it's about. Or the junk. Whatever word you want to put there. I know that there are people in this room that struggle with pornography. I know that there are people in this room that struggle with addictions. I know that there are people in this room that struggle with anxiety, that struggle with self-worth, that struggle with whatever it may be. Depression, marital issues. They may even question, is God even real? The list can go on and on and on. But what's my responsibility? What's your responsibility? It's not to say, hey, you're go, you're, you struggle with porn, so you're going to hell, so you better stop that. You can say that, that, that that's what you want to say. But any time that I look at Scripture, that's not what Jesus does. Yes, he does point it out. Don't get me wrong. He does point it out. But he comes alongside of you. He puts his arm around you. And he says, let's walk through this together. To be honest, this place, I should be able to open up my trench coat and have you see everything that's wrong with me. 
And many of you can do that. Many of you know, well, Bo does this or Bo this, whatever. But the thing is, is this. Is I'm human and I make mistakes and I stumble and I fall. But all of us should be able to open up our trench coat and be able to do it without condemnation. With the woman that was called in adultery, what did Jesus do? He wrote on the sand and he said, Ye who have not sinned, cast the first stone. And then he told the woman, Go and sin no more. He didn't condemn her. I'm not saying you can't call out, because I do believe you call out stuff, and I'm not saying that, I'll share that in a second. But it's something the Lord has been stirring inside of my heart about what has love got to do with it. And let me tell you, love has everything to do with it. Because without love, you have no God. Some might say, well, we serve a holy and a reverend God. That is absolutely true. We do. And I just jumped in front of my notes. So I'm going to back up a little bit. You know, there was before, um, I'll just share this another example. Um, Bo, you're, you're fat because you have issues. Really? I know I have issues, but why would, why would you say that? Just wondering. Um, goes back to truth without love is a gong. And I don't know how annoying a gong, well, I do know how annoying a gong is. I don't know if you know how annoying a gong is. I hope you do. If not, well, just let me know. Call me this week. I'll come over to your house and I'll play a gong for you. All right? Gladly do it for an hour. And trust me, after five, ten minutes, you'll be like, quit that. Stop that. I don't want that. So that's what truth without love is. And how do we do it? I don't know the best way besides this is I don't know if you ever heard of the crap sandwich. That's what I call it. So I looked it up to see if it was real. It's actually called another word, so I can't say that because some of you might not like it. So, but I used to always get frustrated at my, my former pastor. He would be like, hey, Bo, you're a really great guy, but you need to work on this, but you're a really great guy. And I'm like, just tell me the stinking truth. I don't want to hear the, the fluff. Just get to the junk, and then let's deal with that. And I'm still sort of that way. But at the same time, not everybody's like that. And so we have to do the crab sandwich for us to really be able to get to the place where people need to go. Because they want to know how much you care about them. And let me tell you, caring about them is through the thick and thin. It's not just saying, I care about you, and then when something goes wrong, you turn your back and you go the opposite direction. I always say it's a velvet glove 
on an iron fist. Man, you need something that's going to knock you out. But do it in a soft way. A velvet glove doesn't necessarily make the impact really in reality that much easier to take. But sometimes it does. A spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Doesn't necessarily make the medicine not work anymore, but it helps it go down a little easier. And to be honest with you, the Lord's working on me to help me understand that even more. So then, I get to another thing. Um, some of you might say, you know, we serve a holy and reverend God. And that's absolutely true. I think, to be honest with you, I was, I was at a wedding yesterday um, down in Kansas. I went to my, my niece's wedding. Let me tell you, I felt completely out of, out of place there. I don't know. Someday they might listen to this, and I hope they do. Um, it was a Catholic wedding, and, um, and I felt completely out of place. I didn't know, to be honest, I didn't know if I stood, I sat down, I kneeled, what to do. I didn't know. And there was one time, and what I would wait is I would wait for everyone else to start moving down so that I knew when to sit down. And so it was one of these moments where it was, they were kneeling, and all of a sudden it was like, just kidding, and stand up. And I didn't know, and I honestly, I sat back down, and I'm like, and Linda's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm stretching my leg. <laughs> I, I felt embarrassed. And, and, and I'm like, and, I, and I, I'm not trying to joke about the Catholic faith at all. That's not what I'm doing here, okay? But I, I felt completely out of place. That's the part that I want you to understand, and that's, I wonder how many people come into this place and feel completely out of place. That's starting to break my heart because I was sitting in that wedding yesterday, and I felt completely out of place. The Lord said, how do you think people feel when they come into your place sometimes? And that was a hard pill to swallow. But there was something that I noticed. They had the reverence of God in that place. Regardless of the belief system, I'm, that's not what I'm, they respected and honored God. Linda had to wear a headpiece and um, had to wear a long, a long shirt or shirt, long skirt dressed basically to her ankles and then had to wear like a shawl and um, and it was all in Latin so I had no clue what was being said except the vows um, and so but I saw this reverence that was there and I'm like I wonder if we understood if even I understood the reverent God that I carry inside of me. I carry him everywhere I go because I have him living inside of me because I've asked him to come into my heart. So he resides here. I wonder if we took that and understood the power that we have and walked in true love with people, how much things would be different. 
what would we do differently if we remembered that he was with us all the time? And I know that I've said you, and let me tell you, I'm pointing all these fingers at myself. So there was several of you that pointed, and you can keep on pointing them. They're coming back at me, I'm telling you, okay? I'm looking at myself inwardly. God, what are you saying to me? The Great Commission, therefore go and make disciples. This is in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very, very end of the age. We need to make disciples. We have to make disciples. If we don't make disciples, then what is the purpose of even loving God? We have to find people that need Jesus and disciple them. And let me tell you, discipleship is ugly when you really look at it. Because you're bringing people underneath your wings. Let me tell you. It doesn't happen overnight. Discipleship is a process. Day in, day out, for year after year after year. It's not a magical wand. You swing over somebody, all of a sudden, they're a magical disciple. But it's a life-changing events that happen over time. Are you going to get hurt? Yes. Will it be fun? Sometimes no. But is it worth it? Every single penny. Every single minute. Every single hour. The time and the effort that you put in discipling people. Why? Because it's not for this. It's for the eternal glory that you're going to get in heaven. And that's where love, coming in and making disciples, what you're doing is you're coming alongside of people. And you're loving them through the thick and the thin. If we could actually grasp that, if I could grasp that through the thick and the thin, I wonder how different our earth would look. See, the great commandment was the commandment that Jesus left us. And everything hangs on that. But then there's the great commission, which was the very last words that Jesus spoke to us. And we can't forget about it. If we look at John 4, and I don't have this on there, but I'll tell you the story of Jesus, the, the woman at the well. First off, the woman at the well was a Samaritan, and the Samaritans and Jews didn't get along very well is the easiest way to describe it. And Jesus went to this well and asked the Samaritan woman to give her water or give him water type of a thing, okay? And so what I want you to realize is that Jesus didn't come to the Samaritan woman first and say, hey, 
you're a sinner and you have a whole bunch of um, husbands. He didn't say that, actually. He said, I have a gift for you. I have a gift for you, is what Jesus said first. I can give you a drink of water that you'll never thirst again. Then after Jesus wanted to give her the gift, then he pointed out the truth in her life. And the truth was this. She had many husbands. And if we lead by the example, or if we follow Jesus' example, that we don't come and say, well, hey, you know what the truth is? You have many husbands, so therefore you're going to go to hell. You're right, that is truth. But we have to have the love of Christ in us to be able to share the love of Christ through us and with us and to them. Even discipling my kids or disciplining my kids I believe, in, I believe in spanking. Cut that out just in case someone's listening. No. Um, I was spanked more than anybody in my family and all of them combined. And you could ask my parents. I give you permission. If you see them, ask them. They'll tell you. And actually, that's one thing yesterday. And I was, I was told Linda as we were in the, the wedding, I leaned over to her, and I, it was really quiet at the moment. And I leaned over, and I said, you know what? I think if I was had to go to Catholic boarding school because all of my nieces and nephews went to Catholic boarding school. And I said, I think if I would have went to Catholic boarding school, I probably would have kicked out several times because I would have made noises. And I'm like, I really want to make a fake noise right now because it's dead silent. And she looked at me and she says, you better not. I'm going to whip you. Um, but that's what was going through my mind. <laughs> and I'm like, I know I couldn't make it because I, I know that's what would happen. But anyways, so disciplining my kids, I discipline them, I spank them, but every time I will grab them up and I'll hold them and I'll tell them how much I love them. And some people, I, you know, I was talking to someone a couple weeks ago, well, that doesn't make sense, that's not love. You know, you're disciplining. No, the Father, it says the Bible, disciplines. Jesus disciplines those he loves. And so I spank my child and I did this a couple days ago. And I picked my daughter up and I held her in my arms. I just said, I want you to know I love you. What you did was wrong, but I love you. And I held her there and I cried with her. Because and maybe many, many of you know this feeling too. I don't like spank my kids because I want to spank them because I'm angry. I truly love my kids. And that's what Jesus is doing, and that's what we should do. Come alongside of each one of us, and our trench coats could be open. And you struggle with pornography, it's okay. It's not okay, but, but what I'm saying is it's okay. Let's walk together through this. You're struggling in so, your marriage, it's okay. Let's walk through this together, you and me, side by side. We see it over and over and over again in Jesus' life, in his ministry, that he walked 
hand in hand with one another. There's a vow that almost all married couples say, as far as I know, all of them say, at least I've always done it, but there's probably some that didn't, and I don't know if they said it yesterday because it was in Latin. Um, But it says, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, to death do us part. I wonder if we looked with those eyes towards everybody in this room. God's called us to this church. If God hasn't called you to this church, I'd probably get in trouble for, from Jonathan, but oh well. Then why are you here? Be part of our family. If God hasn't called you, then I know some people are searching and get, I get that, okay? But if we would take our, our mandate from God in loving people well, if we would take even that, that vow that we, we make to each other in marriages and apply it to our church, say for sickness and health, for better or for worse, till death do us part, I'm going to love you and I'm going to care for you. And I'm going to walk through the thick and thin with you. Chris, so I told him I was going to do this, but it's sort of like this. Too often, there's so many of us that walk through life, and we're walking, and Chris trips and falls. Tripped and fell. Oh, Chris, that's great. I'm so sorry. Oh, something else in life's going on. I've got to go over here. I don't have time for you. But in reality, I'm glad Anna's recording this so that way she can post it later for him. But in reality, it's getting down. And it's saying, Chris, no matter what, I'm here for you. No matter what you go through, no matter what happens in life, I'm going to help you get from point A to point B. For sickness and health, to death do us part. Nope. Y'all went the wrong way there, because whatever. But the thing is, is when we get down and get on our knees with one another, walk through the junk with one another, and pull each other up, and we keep on walking because our end goal's here, and then all of a sudden he stumbles and falls again. (laughs) You you said it was okay. (laughs) But he stumbles and falls again, and what happens? I need to get down again, and do it again. I hope you up. Thanks, dude. Jeez. <laughs> and Kelly, you can get ready. The thing is, is this, is we have to get down with each one individually. Because we are the body of Christ. And that's what Jonathan talked about last week, about the body of Christ and the gifts. We have to work together. Because that's what true love is all about. It's getting down, getting dirty, and moving forward. Jesus does it with us all the time. 
Bible says, how many times should I forgive my brother? What is it? Once? Twice? No, it's not. It's a heck of a whole lot. Why? Because Jesus knew that sometimes we hurt the people closest to us. Sometimes we need to walk through junk with people. We need to experience things in our lives. See, God wants us to love like he loves. And is that speaking truth? Absolutely. But it's speaking truth in love. Does that mean just going on a rampage because I'm a truth speaker? No. It's learning how to communicate and walk through things, no matter if you're 100 years old or three or four years old. We all need to hear this. Because we all have skeletons in our closet, as so to speak. All of us struggle with things. And let me tell you, I'm, I'm taking this huge plank out of my eye right now, this morning, this whole week. I had to ask myself some really tough questions because I want to love my church well I want to love my family well my phone is always on if you have it you can call me anytime I might not always answer it because I'm doing something, but I'll return your call. I'm committed to that. Because my job is not a Monday through Friday job, but Sunday through Thursday, technically right now. But it's not that. I understand that my calling is life in life is 24-7. Seven days a week, I just said 24-7. But my call in life is to be here for people no matter what. And I accepted that call. I chose to go do, the, to do this. Why? Because I want to see people in their rightful place that God has called them to. I want to see you living out your dreams and your destiny. Because if you're living out your dreams and your destiny, that means that we've all won. I want to see each one of you 
doing what God's called you deep down inside. Not as a check on a poster or a board. Because I truly, truly want to love you and love God, or love God and love you and love my family the way that God wants me to. So whether it's thick or thin, we're walking together. And this morning, through my experience this week that God was sharing with me that you can grab a hold of something and say, you know what, I need to apply that in my own heart, in my own life. And as we go into worship again for a few more minutes, that you reflect on your own self, in your own life, in your own heart. Say, God, can you show me how to love Can you show me what it really means to love people the way that you love them? But prepare to cry just periodically for no reason. Why? Because you're starting to see the way that God sees people. Yesterday I was emailed my brother-in-law. We don't talk very much. And every time we talk, it's always like, hey, you've got to become a Catholic, and this is the thing that you have to do. And so it's prepared a wedge between my wife and him, and, and so I've never really had a relationship with him, to be honest with you. But 13 years ago, when I married my wife, the Lord said, I'm bringing you into this family for a reason. And I don't know the complete reason yet. as I was emailing him I started crying because I felt the love of the Lord upon his life he may have different views than me but I'm going to love him and I'm going to love his family and I'm going to see God do a miracle inside of him and I know it and I'm believing it that God is going to change them because I'm holding fast to the word that God shared with me So as we go back into the worship for a little bit, ask the Lord to reveal to you things to love people, to love others, to love even yourself the way that God loves. Maybe even love Him the way that He loves. Because we all need it. is calling Have you come to the end of yourself Do you thirst for a drink from the well Jesus is calling Oh come to 
the altar the father's arms are open wide forgiveness